Prayer is the most powerful thing we can do in our days, but all too often it gets drowned out by the noise around us. But what if the noise in our earbuds could help us tune out the noise of the world and instead tune in to our most important conversation? That's why we're here, to bring you inspiring conversations, practical how-tos, and guided prayers to help you pray like you never thought possible. I'm Valerie Warner, and this is Prayer in a Noisy World. Jody, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to chat with you today. Oh, Val, thank you so much for having me. I have loved our growing uh, virtual friendship um, and yeah. just really enjoyed reading your books and, and just getting to know you and knowing your heart. Thank you so much. Well, so today we're going to talk about um, intercessory prayer. And the reason I wanted to have you on is that you have written a lot about just guiding people through very practical ways to pray. And I'm just excited for what what you're going to share on this that I just, I already know just from listening to you that how encouraging it is. So before we get started, can you tell everybody a little bit more about you? Sure. Yes. Um, let's see. I have been married to my husband for 36 years. We have four children, all grown. And as of this past summer, all married, we had married off two back to back three months apart from each other. Yeah. And then the, we've just recently also welcomed two grandchildren into our lives. So life is full and fun. Um, I am, as you said, a, a writer. I've written 10 books and uh, four of them have been about prayer. I don't consider myself, you know, a prayer expert by any means. I'm just mm-hmm. somebody who uh, has both had the need and the love of talking to God and seeing um, Him Him work and answer to prayer, and also Him help. I don't know, shape and refine my desires as I bring them before Him. So um, it's been a wonderful uh, friendship and journey of just conversation with the Lord. Um, that has animated my heart for writing these books. So they're all called, yeah. as your your audience may know, praying the scriptures, praying the scriptures for your children, your teens, your adult children. And if you're sensing a theme, it's because our kids kept growing and I kept finding <laughs> new needs that I had to cover yeah. and pray for. And then most recently one praying the scriptures for your life, which is kind of a takeoff on John 15, where Jesus says, if you remain in me, and my words remain mm-hmm. in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. And sort of just digging into that, saying, okay, what does it look like to remain, to abide in Christ, to let his words remain in us, and kind of give shape to our longings and our prayers? So that's what that book is about. Jody, so one of the, the things that I love that you mentioned was just that you you said you're not an expert at this. And I think like as I've talked to more and more people, the the need right now is just a motivation. It's like, we know we want to pray, but we need to hear from people who are just excited about prayer. And so I think I just love that. And I know your books have been that for me um, to just encourage me to keep praying whenever I get stuck or, you know, something like that. So I love that so much. Um, I would love to just start to hear what does your prayer routine look like now? Oh, I'm I'm happy to chat about that, but I also love what you say about people just needing the motivation. <laughs> and we do sometimes feel like I don't know how to do it. I don't know if I'm good at it. I wasn't raised mm-hmm. in a home where people prayed. You know, you and I have talked about some of those obstacles and hindrances before. And I am so, you know, I say I'm not an expert and I'm not, but I am a prayer and I love making prayer mm-hmm. um, doable for people. And I 
really have a heart, especially for um, younger moms. I remember we had four kids in six years, and I just felt like kind of a failure when I didn't have these long prayer times, you know, with a Bible and a journal and a candle and uninterrupted quiet for a good half hour or 45 minutes in the morning, I would try. And then that would be the day that, you know, somebody woke up with an ear infection or the throw ups or whatever. Um, So I just, I really love your comment about people needing the motivation, needing the permission to just, to just do it, whatever it looks like, Mm -hmm. whether prayer looks like praying in the carpool line, walking behind the stroller. Um, You know, on my website, jodyburnt.com, I have a lot of things that are designed to kind of put the cookies on the bottom shelf, prayer calendars with just one thing you can pray for your child every day that's scripture-based, just because I really, um, I know what it's like, and I kind of want to take the mystery out of it for people and just say, you know, it's just talking to your Heavenly Father, your Abba, who knows you better than you know yourself, who knows your family better than you know them, and knows what we all need. And just kind of um, trusting him to go to work as we partner with him. I think that's what prayer is, really. It's a partnership of, you know, us as his redeemed children working hand in hand with him to accomplish his purposes here on earth. So um, you asked what my 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 time looks like. Like you, I am a big journal fan. And I realize not everybody is. You know, for years I thought, what's wrong with my husband? He just prays and he doesn't write it all down and he doesn't go back and check and he <laughs> doesn't have a prayer list, you know. And um and yet I I I've been married to him and seen his faith walk grow and flourish. So I know that journaling is not something for everybody. But for me, it really does help to have that place where I can um, pour out my heart before the Lord. Sometimes it looks like long written prayers. Sometimes it looks like bullet point prayers if I'm just covering a friend Mm -hmm. or a child or a situation. Um, But I also love having a place where I can actually record. I have pages in my journal where I do keep a prayer list and I can go back and remember, because you know, as well as I do, you, you hear some, somebody's need and you pray for it, but then you might forget it a week later or two weeks later, and you don't know what's happened. But when you've written it down, you can go back and say, oh yeah, you know, I am praying for that person's job or that person's infertility or whatever it is, um, whatever their struggle is. And, and to just remember to keep going. And then also it gives me a place to kind of, I hate using the term check off because that sounds so formulaic, but to be able to record when we do see God move. And sometimes it's a day later and sometimes it's a year later, but I love having that record. And I have pages too that are devoted to just kind of uh, sightings of God's faithfulness. And I try to be intentional about that. Um, I, I would love to say I do it every day. Um, I'm, that's a goal for me. I'm trying I uh, don't always get there, but just to take time when I sit down with the Lord to look back and say, okay, where did I see his fingerprints yesterday? And, you know, it might be something as simple as, you know, I said in the introduction that we'd married kids off in back-to-back weddings. And I am somebody who has a hard time finding like comfortable shoes, especially if they have to also look pretty. So when I found some that actually were comfortable for an entire wedding reception, that made it into my sighting of God's faithfulness Mm -hmm. that week. Cause I was like, thank you Lord for that provision. Sometimes it might be something so much bigger, you know, someone who um, has experienced a, a medical healing, a financial provision, a marriage that I see getting glued back together. So those are evidences too, where I will just write those things down because I think honestly um, that builds our faith to pray for other things when we are recording what we have seen him done. And I think it also equips us to live 
with greater gratitude, right? And we know the Psalms say, come into his courts with thanksgiving, enter his gates with praise. And and we want to come before him with that heart of gratitude of knowing who he is and what he has done. And when, at least for me, when I keep a journal and I have a record of that, it's easier for me to remember what God has done and to be able to thank him and praise him for those things. Yeah, no, I love that so much. I love... um the idea, you know, like we, in our prayer journals, we have like a page of answered prayers at the end of the month. And, you know, I'll tell people like, try to do it once a week, but even the idea of daily looking for God's hand in your life. And like you said, it doesn't have to be these big things that are obvious or even like the things that you're praying for. Mm -hmm. But anytime we could just, anytime that we could go like string together days of feeling like, okay, I saw God work. Right. That is definitely going to fuel our prayers. If we go through long seasons where we're praying one prayer, and if God doesn't show up in that, we just feel like God doesn't love us anymore. That will we're not going to pray if that's um, what we're waiting on. So, yeah. I love that idea yeah. of just looking daily for that. Looking daily, um, and I think it delights God's heart in the same way that when our children come to us. You know, I, I just say, I remember my son was really young when he was like, mom, you make the best hamburgers. Thank you. And it's just such a silly little thing, but his acknowledgement of my burger, you know, made me just made my heart smile. And I think when we look at God and say, God, thank you for this beautiful day you've given me and the, the fact that I'm healthy and I can go outside for a walk. Thank you. You know, just those little small evidences of his faithfulness, I think, um, knit our hearts together with his and, and make him smile. Yeah. 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 No, that's, um, I think if we could do that every day, we would see, we would just experience a much different, um, faith and, you know, definitely something to, I don't want to say like shoot for, but basically like, man, if I could grow that, I'd love that, um, too. And, And I think too, it helps when we are praying about something and we don't see the needle moving. And I'm thinking in particular of a gal I talked to recently, who's struggling in her marriage and, God has not um, intervened in the way she would have liked at this point yet. She and her husband are still going through a lot of stuff. But as she has intentionally decided to look for ways that he may be working, even in ways she didn't expect, her perspective is changing because she is seeing him and she has seen him bring um, women, friends, counselors into her life, prayer partners, folks who will come alongside her and sustain her in this time. And those are things that had she been singularly focused on, you know, a marriage restoration and a healing and some changes that need to happen both in herself and in her husband, she would have missed that. But she's instead kind of stepping back and saying, God, I just want to be alert to watching where you're working. And she's able to see, wow, he brought that friend along into my home to pray for me. Wow. He brought that counselor who would say these words. And she's able to kind of, uh, again, her, that, that, flourishes her faith. It equips her to wait on the answer when, like I said earlier, it doesn't look like anything's happening. And I think truly taking that time to just step step back and look for his faithfulness can really help us hang in there. Oh, yeah. No, that's good. Um, okay. So I would love to dive into just um, this idea of intercessory prayer, what it is. Uh, I guess let's start there. What is intercessory prayer? Well, you know, you might have to ask somebody smarter than I am for that. I have always looked at intercessory prayer as praying on behalf of other people, Mm -hmm. you know, carrying a burden for someone else, either because the person 
um, is discouraged and weary. Maybe they're um, sick and and just you know, I had one friend who had a stroke and was in a coma for a long time. You better believe we were interceding for her. You know, I know the Holy Spirit in her was mm. praying, but she physically wow. couldn't um, uh, couldn't move her lips, couldn't write the words. Um, so I think intercessory prayer is just kind of a, a big theological sounding word for coming alongside a friend, mm-hmm. a coworker, a neighbor. Um, even a stranger on the other side of the world, you know, you see somebody's story on the news and you just feel the Holy Spirit nudging you pray for that person. That is an example I think of intercession. Yeah. Yeah. Like just literally interceding on their behalf. And, um, Mm -hmm. I think it's good just to go through that, like flesh that out because I think sometimes you're right. Like it is one of those words. that's just like, what does that mean? Okay. It's just praying for somebody and in, you know, like in a really intentional way. So I'm glad we covered that or just started there, but what I know a lot, um, a lot of our audience, like if, when they use the journals, we've heard, we've heard, um, people say that, See, having the other sections to pray for like the world and nation and friends has expanded their prayers beyond just praying for themselves. So I love, uh, like, that's really what I want to talk about now, just because we do want to expand our prayers um, beyond our praying for ourselves. And I'd love to just hear, you know, what do you feel like is, what do you feel like is possible when we pray beyond ourselves? Like, what is, I, I just have this visual of just like what's out there, what is out there that maybe people haven't even explored or experienced in prayer that they're missing out on. Wow, great question. It's one that um, actually I I kind of explore in the beginning of praying the scriptures for your life because um, Andrew Murray, who is a long mm-hmm. dead writer, yeah. but um, you know his work was just so fabulous. Um, And he kind of opened my eyes to the fact that Jesus says, you know, remain in me. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. And we totally get it. As Christians, we understand the part where Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And we think, yeah, you know what? I I do need to stay attached to, to the Lord if I want my life to bear fruit, to be productive, to matter. But what we fail to realize sometimes, and this is what Andrew Murray pointed out, is that just like the branches are dependent on the vine, if we want to bear fruit in our lives, so the vine is dependent on the branches in order to get the crop, to get the fruit born. And God, for reasons that, you know, you and I might really scratch our heads to understand, has chosen to make himself dependent on his children, on us, because prayer is the vehicle that he invented for dispensing his blessings and his provision in the world. And so often we sit back and we can say, you know, God's going to do what God wants to do. Why do I have to step in? Why do I have to pray for that person's need? I would say the number one reason is because Jesus tells us to, right? Over and over again in scripture, he says, ask, ask, pray, pray. And so we know it's it's not just an invitation, but it's a command. Um, But also kind of on a deeper level, Prayer signals relationship, and when we um, talk to God about needs, our friends' needs, our kids' needs, our coworkers' needs, um, we're showing that we are dependent on Him. We're aware of our role in in accomplishing His kingdom purposes here on earth. Um, Watchman Nee, he's a Chinese Christian writer, and he said, I love this, he said, when we pray, we lay the track down which the locomotive of God's power can come. And I love that because 
we're not we're not the power source we're not the ones mm-hmm. doing the providing the blessing the releasing the healing the freeing any of that god's doing that but he has worked it out so that our prayers lay that track and uh then his you know it's kind of like we're the runway and his power comes through and what a when we sit back and realize what a glorious privilege yeah. and even responsibility that is that we get to partake in his work here on earth through our prayers. Golly, I find that super motivating. You know, it's it's a little intimidating because you think, Almighty God, oh my goodness, you're making yourself dependent on me. But then you say, Thank you, Jesus, that I get to join hands with you, partner with you, accomplish your good purposes in the lives of the people I love. Yeah. No, and and you really do like just the idea that it is a privilege and we that we get to be a part of his kingdom work. We, when we are praying for others, that means we're getting to see that many more like impacts that God has on people's lives. We're getting to see more of that. And, you know, it might not be an answered prayer in your own life that fuels your faith, but it might be in your best friend who sees God work and you're able to cling to that, (laughs) cling to that truth, knowing that it's the same God that you're praying to for whatever issues happening in your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, God tells us too, you, you we talk about your best friend, your neighbor, your child, your spouse, but he also tells us to uh, love our enemies, do Mm. good to those who hate us, bless those who curse us. And then he winds up that quote, he says, pray for those who mistreat you. And, you know, if you want to talk about a challenging intercession intercession project, it's actually coming before the Lord and praying for that person who's hurt you, who's mistreated you, who's hurt your child. I mean, that for me has been some of the hardest prayers, but it's just amazing what happens when we begin to ask God to intervene in people's lives, to bless them, to come alongside them, to provide for them the head esteem that we have built up in our hearts where we might be resentful or hateful toward someone, it just grows soft. And God's able to work not only in their life in answer to our prayers, but he works in our own lives, filling our hearts with love, making them soft, making them places where love can really flourish and grow. And I have seen that happen in my own life. If if someone has um, mistreated me, mistreated my child, been unkind, and, you know, my everything in my flesh just wants to raise up and go, oh, you know, I don't know what to even think about them, let alone pray about them, unless I'm praying, you know, like the old country song, I pray your brakes go out when you're running downhill or whatever, you know, um, I kinda, but, but to begin to play, pray favor and blessings over those people, golly, I have seen God birth, not just tolerance for someone who might be fall into the camp of, I don't know, enemy's a strong word, but fall into the camp of someone that I don't really like. I've seen him replace, you know, an, an animosity in my heart with tolerance and then replace tolerance with what I can only describe as actual love as I have prayed for the person. And, you know, only God could do that, right? Only God. But yeah, he says, pray for those people. Um, <laughs> That's a that's a, a joy. It's a burden. It's a it's a challenge, but it's a good one. And you know, the other thing, God never gives us a command that He doesn't also give us the power to fulfill, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. isn't it great to know that even as we are interceding for other people, the Holy Spirit, Romans eight tells us, is interceding for us. He's mm-hmm. always praying for us, and so we can know that even when we feel like in our own strength, we just can't do it. We don't have the strength. To love that person or to pray for that person one more time, 
we can just say, Holy Spirit, I don't feel like I can do it in my own strength. Then he says, that's okay. That's right where I want you because it's in your weakness that my power is made perfect. Yeah. No, I, I think it's the enemy's thing is interesting because this conversation that I had a couple of weeks ago w- was basically like somebody feeling like, okay, I don't feel like I'm ready to pray for him. But the idea is that it is in prayer that God changes our hearts for our enemies. So we don't need to be ready to pray for our enemies. Yeah, uh, it doesn't mean it's not easy to just no. go into it, but we don't need to ready our hearts in a way, in such a way. We just need to bring it and surrender it to the Lord. And surrender it. And um, you know what? One of the things that I have prayed is not, uh, Lord, make me willing. I've even prayed, Lord, make me willing to be made willing. Because right now I don't feel very willing. And so I think we can even step back and say, oh, Lord, uh, make me willing to be made willing. Because right now my heart's feeling pretty hard. And so I think that's a prayer He delights to answer. Yes, yes. No, I love that as a prayer. Well, let's talk about, so if somebody is wanting to pray for people in their life, like we'll start with like some, a friend who is going through something really hard. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any suggestions of how to, how, not only how to pray for them, but also how to communicate to somebody that you're praying for them? Mm, you know, I love that. And, um, you know, each, each situation is different. I don't think there's a formula that can apply to everything, but mm-hmm. when I have a friend that will confide something in me that she's going through her health, her job, her family, whatever it is, um, I will often, if I feel like the Holy Spirit's kind of nudging me, I'll just say, can I pray for you? Um, and would you mind if I just prayed for you right now when we might talk on the phone or if we're, if we're taking a walk together and just kind of breathe out a short three or four sentence prayer, um, but you can also say, I don't, I don't know if, if you're comfortable with that, but, but I will definitely be lifting you up and you, you know, just even a little text to a friend saying, Hey, you're on my heart today. And I just want you to know I'm praying for you. That can bring so much encouragement to somebody just to know they're not alone. You know, we know that story in Exodus where Moses is supposed to be lifting his hands mm-hmm. up and when his hands are up, the Israelites are winning. And when they're sagging down because he's tired, the battle turns against them and Aaron and her come alongside him and hold his hands up. And that's what we do when we come alongside our friends who are going through something because they, they get tired. We know, we know what it's like to get tired Mm -hmm. when you wake up every day and your situation is unchanged and you just feel like, I don't know if I have the strength to keep trusting, to keep praying. But when we come alongside our friends and lift up their hands, um, that that's just a beautiful thing. And it's a privilege. And I do think it's important to let our friends know that, that we're with them in this, because at the end of the day, the worst feeling is to think you're alone. Right. And we need to remind people, Hey, I'm with you. And even more than that, God hasn't abandoned you. He won't forget you. He hears you and he's with you. So yeah, one, we have talked to people and I don't think this is in my book, but I know it's somewhere where we've said, you know, there might be extreme cases or situations in your life where you have been praying for something for 10 years, you know, and you might need to go through a little season where you just take a break physically praying for it and you let somebody else pray for it. You don't, it's not like the prayer is dead and that you just stop praying forever, but it's more like you, if sometimes those prayers can, um, you you just need a little refresh from it and somebody else praying for you is the way you keep it going and the way you keep maybe from walking through that discouragement basically. And I will tell you, there were times in my own parenting years, um, 
when, uh, and I can think of two different situations where my children needed, uh, one needed to become a truth teller, another one needed a dose of self-control, and I was feeling like neither of those things were happening no matter how much I was praying. And I was part of a group called Moms in Prayer, and you know they're wonderful at keeping things confidential. And I just shared with a couple girlfriends that I was weary. I didn't see the needle moving. I didn't see anything happening. And I didn't feel like I could really keep going. And they did exactly what you're talking about, saying, you know what? Let us carry that burden for you. Let us pray for you. And I'll tell you, it came as such a relief to me to know that I could just rest. I could just surrender. I could just trust the Lord and let my friends come alongside and carry that weight. And it really was almost a shifting of a weight. Like, you know, Galatians tells us to carry one another's burdens. And we do that. We let the weight just kind of roll off one person's shoulders and onto another for a while. And that, that's a beautiful thing that the the body of Christ can do for one another. So yeah, I think if, if, you're, if you are facing one of those things where you feel like I have prayed and prayed and prayed for years, um, mm-hmm. maybe like you say, just step away from it and confide in in a trusted friend, someone from your church, someone from your you know prayer group, your neighborhood, your family, whatever. Ask God to show you who is a trustworthy source, source, and then just confide that to them and say, "I just need a little break. Will you lift this up for me for a little while?" So I, I think that's a great a great piece of advice, Val. Yeah. Well. Um, so I also think about like if somebody is the person who is going through a hard thing. So this is kind of intercessory prayer, but in reverse in that you might ask for intercessory prayer and that might be intimidate. It might feel intimidating to ask. Like I know for me earlier this year, just dealing with a lot with the book and just feeling like there was a lot of spiritual warfare. I felt like I was drowning. Mm. And I remember a friend finally saying like, you need to get a group of people who can surround you in prayer. And that always feels like such a burden. And even as I like emailed people and I know I had reached out to you at one point too, but like, as I reached out to people, I think the first line in my email was literally like, I have, this has taken so long to write because I feel like this is a burden to ask people, but I know God is calling me to do this. And I know also that I don't feel like it's a burden when people ask me to pray. So I don't know. I didn't want to put that on them, you know? Right. right. So, yeah. We, I think I think we all can think that like, who needs to hear, you know, my issues? Everyone's got a full plate of their own. Yeah. We have all these things that hold us back. And yet, like you say, do you ever feel like that when a friend reaches out to you? No, you are honored and privileged to come alongside that friend and hold her up. Um, how much more should we give our friends that blessing and that privilege of praying for us? So you're right. But but boy, it's hard to do. I, I understand that. Yeah. So what advice would you give to somebody who maybe is, is walking through something really hard and needs to ask? Like, I mean, and I know that could just be very like basic, like, yeah, just go ask them. But is there anything that you would tell them um, that would help them, I guess, to make that decision? Or even practical tips on how to do it. (laughs) Yeah, well, that you know, and that that's that's great, a great question because practical. You know, we want to be practical on this. I would say the first thing to do would be to go to God and say, "Okay, I um, I really want someone to help me carry this. Can you like put someone on my heart? Just show me who Mm -hmm. um, who I should confide in, because you know there are there are people who." are going to be safe places for us. And there are people who might, might not be. And we want to kind of get that green light 
from the Lord. Um, and even if you're listening to the podcast right now and you're in that spot, God is going to be putting someone on your heart right now, a friend, and that name is probably from the Holy Spirit. And, and, you know, and if you're not sure, you can ask him to confirm that, you know, Lord, would you just give me an extra sign, have that person call me or ask me how life is going or whatever. And he, Mm -hmm. he will answer that kind of prayer. Um, I don't think that's, I don't think that's wrong to ask him to help, help you, especially if it's a real sensitive area. Um, and then just be open and be willing to be vulnerable to say, and you don't have to share every detail. You know, I think sometimes in our, we live our lives out on Instagram and feel like we have to gush everything. I think if you're going through something, if you're praying for something and it's hard, you can feel perfectly comfortable coming to a friend and saying, you know, it's not just my story to tell. Maybe it's your child who's or your spouse and you feel like, yeah, the pain is yours, but if you tell everything, you're also violating their confidence. I've had times where with one of my children, I've just said to a friend, I can't tell you everything because it's not my story. It's theirs, but we're really going through a hard place with so-and-so. Will you just be lifting, lifting them up? And then you can trust the Holy Spirit to fill in the gaps. I've had, I've been in prayer groups where I have not shared details. Um, and the person you know next to me who knows what child is on my heart will just begin praying for them. And I'm like, how do they know that this child is struggling with a friendship betrayal and a loneliness? I didn't mention a friendship betrayal. I just, you know, said she needed prayer. And the the Holy Spirit has nudged my prayer partner to pray for that very thing. And so fill in as many gaps as you feel comfortable. But if you don't feel comfortable kind of sharing every last detail, you can just say, would you pray for me? And I can't talk about it all right now, but pray as the, as the Holy Spirit leads you. And and God is so faithful because he will do that. He's a gap filler. I love that. I love it so much. Okay. So I'd love to ask what has been a big answered prayer in your life? And it might be an actually really big thing, or it might've just been something recent that you just feel like was clearly from God. Well, you know, we've been talking on this show about praying for others, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I love to pray scripturally. I love to take Mm -hmm. the words that God first spoke over us in the Bible and sort of use those things to shape my desires, my thoughts, my prayers, and one year, I remember praying for um, someone who uh, just is a friend I know who just lives big. She is uh, someone who you would say, okay, that's an abundant life right there. She she just goes at life full tilt with her arms spread wide. And I was reading in my Bible, I was reading Second Peter, and I came upon chapter one, the second verse. And it's just really simple. It says, may grace and peace be yours in abundance. And the word abundance kind of caught my eye as I thought about this particular gal. And I just decided to pray. I was like, Lord, you know, would you just let your grace and your peace be hers in abundance? Now, that was not a situation where I knew anything that was going on in her life. It was just me reading the Bible and having her name come to mind when I saw that verse. And what I didn't know then, what I couldn't have known she didn't know it either, was that she was getting ready to go up against some really tough challenges at work. Um, it was, turned out to be a situation where lies were told and rumors began. And um, it, it led to her ultimately deciding to leave her job. Um, and had she not been kind of covered as I was praying her for her to have this grace and this peace, Um, I think she would have really struggled with fear and with anxiety 
because of the things that were happening. I mean, there's stuff that you just wouldn't want to happen to your worst enemy, let alone a dear friend. But as it was, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm just praying again, prompted by the Holy Spirit for grace and peace to be hers in abundance. She weathered what really took about six months to unfold in her job and left that. And yes, she went through a season of, of darkness of God, where are you and what's happening? But she came out of that and found herself in a new job, one that she made way more money than she had before with much better uh, co-workers and a much uh, friendlier and more uh, flourishing kind of corporate climate, uh, culture, whatever you want to call it. And so here, you know, I'm asking God for abundance in this gal's life and he's providing that, but he's also providing the grace and the peace that he knew she would need as she walked into a season that neither of us were anticipating. So, I mean, that's, that's a a kind of simple story, but it just shows how when we are reading scripture, as mm-hmm. we are considering our friends and our neighbors and our family members, um, God can do that. God can just say, hey, 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 stop right there, because this is a verse I want you to pray over this person. And we might not have any idea how God wants to answer that. You know, he is so great because he's the initiator. You know, we might think we thought of a prayer, but he's like, oh no, I put that on your heart. I put Mm -hmm. the desire to pray for that person on your heart. And then he delights to go ahead and answer that. So, um, so I love praying scripturally, scripturally like that. Um, because again, back to the Watchman Nee quote, we don't do the protecting, the providing, the healing, any of that. God does that, but we do lay the track down. And um, I love doing that, using the words that God first spoke over us. Yeah. Well, and I love that you mentioned just using the Bible to pray for somebody else, because it, first of all, it, it makes it exciting to like come to scripture if you're like, I am, you know, enjoying my quiet time, but I'm also thinking about who I could be praying for. And yes. it, it makes it come alive in a different way. It really and, does. Um, and I know we, you've, we, me and you have talked about this, about how your book, um, Praying the Scriptures for My Life, like that is something that we think we can do for ourselves, but being able to take each chapter and apply that to somebody yeah. that we love yeah. is yeah. just, it's above yeah. and beyond what we probably, you know, could pray on our own, like you said. And um, yeah, so it, well, feel free to expand you know, on that. Well, it's funny you say that because um, when the publisher said, hey, what do you think about writing a book, praying the scriptures for your life? I thought, are you kidding? That sounds so narcissistic, so selfish, so wrong. Um, But then as I thought about it and prayed about it, I felt like God kind of was nudging me and saying, Jody, no, no, no. I want my children to come to me just like you want your kids to come to you with every need. And so... um, so I did. And, and, you know, you've seen the book and it talks about loving people, even when it's hard or extending forgiveness or even receiving forgiveness. If we, you know, have been kind of living under that burden of shame, um, asking for help, praying through suffering, grief, times of sickness, you know, things like avoiding the comparison trap, all the, all the sort of stuff, financial decisions, needing wisdom for stuff. And as I was working on this and again, thinking, okay, I'm going to write this book to help people pray for their own lives. I actually loved taking the same verses that I was, you know, writing out as prayers for ourselves, but praying them over my loved ones, my friends, Mm -hmm. my neighbors, my family members, because God's word is so powerful. And Isaiah 55, it says it does not return void. And so I love that when we speak out his word, for other people on their behalf, 
um, God is going to use that to accomplish his purposes. So yeah, the book was written to help us pray for ourselves, but I have definitely turned it around and said, all right, you know, I've got a friend who's really struggling with, you know, anxiety. I'm going to turn to the chapter on finding freedom from fear and anxiety. I'm going to pray those prayers, not over myself, but over her. Yes. Oh, well, I'm, it's just cool to connect those dots because that's just, I mean, not something that I've done in the past either. So I look forward to to praying those prayers over other people too. Um, would you tell us what are some of the biggest no's um, that you've gotten as you've prayed and what God taught you through that? Wow. Um, great question. And I actually, I write about this pretty candidly in the end of the book called Praying the Scriptures for Your Adult Children, because you know, I think you never stop being a parent, whether your child is three years old or 30 years old, you are praying for them and wanting God's best for them. But in, at that season of my life, um, when my kids were bigger, it seemed like the issues were maybe a little more consequential. Like it's been said, little people, little problems, big people, big problems. And I'm not minimizing the little people problems at all because, you know, their needs are legitimate. But um, I was in a season where here I am working on this book about praying for my adult children and my own adult children were going through some hard things where I was praying and it did not look like God was answering. And at least one case, um, the answer was a definite no of some, mm-hmm. to something that I thought would be really good. And it wasn't, you know, I want a million dollars and the child needs a pony or whatever. It was, it was a, a, a position that I really felt like the Lord had showed me, um, would be theirs and had prepared them for and, um, the door shut and it was really hard. And I felt, I struggled with that because I thought, okay, here I am. I speak on prayer. I've been writing about prayer for 20 years and yes, God, I trust you in my head, but it doesn't, my heart is not filled with joy. And I thought somebody who really has faith and who trusts the Lord, ought to be a little more joyful. And if I'm being honest, God, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed. And I'm kind of sad. And, you know, God was so precious because he didn't rebuke me or reprimand me. Instead, he said, you know, Jody, your grief and your sadness, those emotions are real. And I want you to bring those to me. And I want you to let me comfort you. Like he didn't say, I want you to let me explain exactly why I said no, Instead, he said, I just want you to come and let me hold you and let me embrace you. And I mean, I'm getting just emotional thinking about it because I didn't understand the why. But knowing Mm. that God loved me and that he loved my children and that I really could trust him and that I could pour out my heart with my questions and my confusion and my doubts and my sadness, and he could receive all those things and and in exchange, give me his comfort. I I began to know what the Bible talks about. When it says, you know, we're going to be satisfied with the Lord, with the richest of fare, not with the answers or the outcomes, but with the person of Jesus mm-hmm. himself. And mm-hmm. and that was the other thing God told me because I'm talking to him. I'm going, I don't know what you're doing, but I trusted you. And he said, he just said, you didn't trust me. You know, you trusted your agenda, your outcome, your desired result. I want you to trust me because I want you to want not just the gift, but the giver. And that for me was really transformational in my prayer life to be able to say, wow, I got a no, or I got a not yet, or I got a, I don't understand. And yet 
I can still experience that deep satisfaction and that deep intimacy with the Lord that is so much more satisfying than any particular answer to prayer he might ever provide. And so, so I, I think that was kind of like a, a new, a new, a new place for me to, to know him that way. And it wouldn't have come had he not said no, you know, had I not had to yeah. wrestle to, to do the, to do the wrestle and to have that pain. And so often I think our times of, of great growth and understanding and intimacy with the Lord do come through those those seasons of pain, you know, like the apostle Paul writes about his thorn in his flesh and we don't know what it was, but it sure did keep him dependent on the Lord. And he might've looked at that and said, I hate this thorn, but I love how it keeps me connected to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, one thing you said that I love and I don't want anybody to miss is that, um, it just, the way that you saw God and the way that you ha- like remembered. And even, I think this is when you said you were getting misty about it, but just the idea that like, God had a plan. Um, like he he knew what was best. And if that wasn't it, then it was obviously something different. Yeah. And we, you know, so often, like that's just really hard to believe. So those moments really are an opportunity for us to say, like, do I believe this? Do I believe that God loves me more than I love my own kids or loves my kids more than I love them and wants the best for them? And um just being able to trust that like, okay, if that wasn't it, then what do you have? God is just a, it's a, it's an interesting place to be. So it really is. And, and for people who are in that season, and I I imagine it's a lot of your listeners, because I think a lot of people um, are walking around just with a, with an unanswered prayer that's been Mm -hmm. on their heart. Um, Job 42 verse two says no purpose of God's can be thwarted. And if we kind of can get that, in our minds and just say, you know what? God does have plans and purposes for our lives. None of his good plans or purposes can be thwarted. And so if you put that down like a stake in the ground, you can veer off. You can have like my dog has a retracto leash and he can go far away, but he always comes back. And that's our touch point to always come back and say, God, you know, I'm, I've wandered around, I've questioned, I've grieved, but I'm coming back to the fact that you are trustworthy and that's my stake in the ground. And, you know, Tim Keller wrote a book called Prayer. It's a great book. Um, and in it, one of my favorite lines, he says, you know, when we pray, we can do so that do so knowing that God will either give us what we ask for mm-hmm. or what we would have asked for if we knew everything he knows. Yes. And I've had to camp out on that more than once to just say, Lord, you know, I didn't get what I asked for. Um, I, I, I've gotten, or I will get what I would have asked for had I known everything, you know, and he really is the God of immeasurably more, you know, we throw that immeasurably more around from Ephesians three, verse 20, but he does give us immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. But our job is to trust him on that, to, to kind of lay that track again, that runway that he can provide. Yeah. So, um, would you tell us, was prayer modeled for you? throughout your life? Um, it was when I was very young, they were kind of Sunday school prayers. My parents were churchgoers and, and wonderful pillars of the community. But when I was eight years old, my father came home and he was the kind of guy that, you know, you would have put up on a poster for the good dad coaching softball, teaching Sunday school, 
holding down a good job, providing for his family, all that. He came home one day and he said, you know, he'd been to a full gospel businessmen's meeting association where he learned that, hey, it wasn't about being a good guy. It was about knowing that you weren't, that you are a sinner in need of God's grace and that you know we all fall short of that mark that God calls us to. And so he explained that to me and to my siblings and we all were like, Roger that. Yeah, we know we need the Lord and we need his grace. And so I I guess you, you would say accepted Christ, you know, as my Lord and as my Savior when I was eight. And then my family's prayers took on kind of a richness that was born of of knowing we weren't trying to earn God's answers or his approval yeah. by being good people, but that we were actually depending on his grace to, again, fill the gaps, to to show up where we're weak. Um, and so those prayers, yes, they were modeled for me. And I consider myself, I don't, I think I took that for granted growing up, you know, that I could go to my parents with a need, whether it was I'm lonely at school or, I'm, you know, I'm struggling in math, whatever, and that they would pray for those things or, or teach me to pray for them. But now that I am uh, a parent myself and that I go around and speak, I hear from so many folks, and these are people who've grown up in the church, who aren't as comfortable with that kind of prayer. It wasn't modeled for them outside of Sundays, maybe. And and so I think that's a, a really common thing. And if that's where you know you are and you're listening, know you're not alone, because for many, many people who love God with all their heart, they just haven't been taught and haven't uh, had it modeled for them. The church isn't great at teaching us how to pray. I think people think, oh, they'll just get that, you know, they'll just get it at home. And and we don't always. And that's one reason too, when um, we updated praying the scriptures for your children and came out with the 20th anniversary edition last year, I put all this bonus stuff in the back that was just meant to help families kind of pull the kids into the prayer circle to, to make it not intimidating and not awkward, but make it fun and doable with some ideas in there. Um, you know, like uh, one of them, we, we say, play the happy hope game. You don't have to sit around the dinner table and say, tell me a prayer request or tell me a praise report. You know, that church language, you can say, tell me something you hope will happen next week. And that can become a prayer request. Oh, yeah. Tell me something, you know, tell me something you're happy happened, you know, last week or when you were at school. And that happy thing is a praise report. So instead of sounding, you know, all churchy saying, I need a praise report. I need a prayer request time. You can just say, let's play the happy hope game. What are you happy happened? And, and what do you hope will happen? And then you can take those things and, you know, if your family's comfy with it, you can pray about them or thank God for them right there at the dinner table or the breakfast table. And if that's not something that you feel like your kids would be open to then, or maybe you have guests at the dinner table that day and they might think that's strange, you can just take that back to the Lord in your own prayer journal and say, you know, my child just said she really hopes that she'll get invited to so-and-so's birthday. I'm going to turn that into a prayer request today. Or my child was so happy that she made the soccer team. I'm going to thank you for that and praise you for that. Lord. So, so, you know, the happy hope game is just one little strategy and we share others there in the, in the book. Cause I, I do want to make it so incredibly easy and doable for families. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. I'm definitely going to um, try that with the girls. Um, cause, cause we do use the language of prayer requests and everything, but I do think um, that can be intimidating. Like I know my oldest, you know, sometimes she's just like, I don't know what to say, but I know if I just said, what do you hope happens? 
that would definitely um, just get her wheels turning in a different way. So yeah, yeah, well, and and I mean, I'm not at all against language like prayer requests and praise reports. Yeah. I think that's beautiful, and and certainly Scripture uses words like prayer place. and praise. But I, I just know we always had friends around our dinner table, kids coming home with work on homework projects, and you know, I didn't know where they were coming from in their own homes. And they might've really balked had Mrs. Burnt looked across the table and yeah. said, let's share a praise require a praise, praise report from your day to day. No, it makes, yeah, no, it makes total sense. And, um, and like you said, I mean, like where it's kids where they're learning. So I think that's great. Yeah. Um, so last question is what, in what ways do you long to keep growing your prayer life? Hmm. Um, I want to grow closer to the Lord. I have loved watching him put his desires in my heart and kind of go before me and lead me to pray. And I want to get there more and more to where when I begin, when I come and sit down before him, um, I can quiet my heart. And instead of just starting to list my laundry list of prayer requests, um, that I can just say, God, you know, show me who you want me to pray for today. Show me your promises in your word as I'm reading it. I love seeing the Bible as a conversation with God. Like you were saying earlier, you know, you're when you're reading along and you're thinking about it as a prayer prompt, it really does make the words come alive. Um, so I would just say, I would hope and pray that I could grow in kind of letting him take the lead more and more in, in my prayer life and in my thought life. I love it. Um, well, Jody, this has been so great. I love if you, before we close in prayer, if you would like to tell everybody where they can find you. Okay. Um, yeah, you can find me at jodyburnt.com. That's my website where there are all those things I've been talking about, like the free printable calendars and uh, other little bedside prayer cards, things you can download and share with your kids or your friends. Um and there, I do a newsletter, a blog too, with some ways to encourage folks to pray. So folks can sign up and get that if they want. Um, and also I'm pretty active on Instagram at Jody underscore burnt. So that's a great way folks can connect. And so thank you for asking me to share that. And I look forward to yeah. connecting with your folks. Of course. Um, okay. So Jody, would you mind closing us in prayer? I'd be honored. Thank you so much. Um, Heavenly Father, um, you know our needs even before we ask you. That's your promise. Um, And I just know right now that each listener does have needs on his or her heart. Um, We have prayer, desires, and longings for our children, our neighbors, our friends, our coworkers, our extended family. You know, God, our hearts are full. We have have desires for our own lives. I pray that you would go before us, shaping our thoughts, shaping our desires, drawing us to yourself so that we would find deeper intimacy with you. I pray that as we open the pages of our Bibles, that the words would come alive, that we would see them not just as words on a page, but as actually words from your heart into ours, and that we could appropriate those, meditate on them, return them to you in the form of prayers as we talk to you. Just let your word do what it's supposed to do and come alive in our hearts, just exposing our thoughts, penetrating our minds, teaching us as the disciples asked Jesus to pray. I love in his 
final words. You know, he didn't drill down in John 15 and 16 and 17 to teach his followers how to preach or how to heal people or how to, you know, feed 5,000 people with a little single lunch or any of that. He spent his time teaching them to pray. So Lord, that would be my prayer for all of us, that you would continue that work, that your Holy Spirit would teach us to pray. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you. It's in your precious name that we ask these things. Amen. Amen. Thank you again, Jody, for joining us. This has been wonderful. Big treat, big honor. Thank you for asking me.